Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. It is getting hot and sweaty out there, but it's still the Out of Sight Podcast, and we are still running chill ride, chill vibes as always around here. My name is Adil Royster. I am your host for this podcast on the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, where you can find all of your fine Vox Media podcasts. Today, I am flying solo once again. Don't get me wrong. I love having guests. I love talking to Dave and Steve and everybody else on the site, but sometimes, sometimes... I like to wax a little poetic by myself, you know? And there have been some coaching carousel changes. We'll get into that in a second. But then I also want to discuss something that came about on The Athletic that Harrison pointed out last week that was also on my Twitter, so we're going to discuss that as well. But let's start with the coaching carousel and what has happened in the last, I don't know, week and a half or so. The most recent thing is Quinn Snyder stepping down. And I didn't expect this at all. Like, I knew the Jazz were, like, there's been rumors. I'll say rumors, not rumblings, but there's rumors between, you know, all of the different NBA social media circles and whatnot, what have you. That there's just a lot of frustration going on in Utah. And I, I knew that was a possibility. I knew that was coming. But I just didn't think that Quinn Snyder would just step down like that. Well, let me let me get to Snyder last. Mike D'Antoni is also a name that has been thrown out there as far as next coach of the Sixers. And I talked about this with Dave. I've talked about this with Steve on Twitter as well. And I'm of the mindset now... Before Doc Rivers, D'Antoni was my, he would have been my choice. Now, now that I look at it, and I look at who D'Antoni's been interviewing with, first team is the Charlotte Hornets, and I'm thinking to myself, D'Antoni and LaMelo Ball as his point guard. Good lord, that is like seven seconds or less, what what version would it be? So Nash was 1.0, Harden would have been 2.0, so this is a 3.0. Seven seconds or less, 3.0 with LaMelo Ball as his point guard. I don't know if Charlotte has much of anything else. I I like Miles Bridges. I like some of the pieces. And the way Charlotte plays, they play with such high pace. I think that's perfect for D'Antoni. And I I think that would be uh, an amazing fit there. Um, Kenny Atkinson also interviewed with the Charlotte Hornets and Michael Jordan. The thing about Atkinson that I liked was when he had the Brooklyn Nets job and he was just sitting out there with Karis LeVert and Spencer Dinwiddie and just a whole bunch of like pieces, Jared Allen. They didn't really, they weren't contenders, but at the same time they were frisky, right? They had that one little series with the Sixers and everything, it was fun, it was it was fine. I, I, I liked how they were coached, they were well run. They had the X's and O's down, 
and Atkinson would be kind of a great coach for this type of young, fun, not quite sure of themselves Hornets team. I think Atkinson would be good for them. I think D'Antoni would be great for them. Just because, like I said, you could just run seven seconds or less with LaMelo the whole time. Which, you know, that's great for league pass. Can it win you a championship? I don't know. Charlotte would need more pieces for that. Rashid Wallace, uh, this is all in Steve's piece that he posted yesterday. Rashid, that, that would be fun. But he's identified as a candidate on Darvin Ham's staff. And Darvin Ham was given the Lakers job after Frank Vogel was fired. Yeah, I, I, as much as I love the idea of Coach Sheed, I don't know if I want to do it when the team is ripe to win a championship. It just doesn't make sense. Sheed is a great man. He's a, He was a great player. He was a great Philadelphian playing with Simon Gratz High School back in the day. But... He doesn't have any NBA head coaching experience yet. I would love Coach Sheed on the sidelines, but he just needs more seasoning. There's nothing wrong with saying that. I hope that Rashid gets his own position to become professional Coach Sheed. Not high school Coach Sheed, not college Coach Sheed, but pro Coach Sheed. I'd be all about that. Um, Now let's get to Quinn Snyder. And... Here's the thing about Quinn Snyder. I would take Quinn Snyder over Doc Rivers right now in a heartbeat. And Steve kind of said the same thing. He said in his piece that, you know, he would take Quinn Quinn Snyder and he, he would fire Doc and hire Quinn Snyder in a nanosecond. That's direct quote from Steve's piece. And I, while I agree with him, here's the problem. And this was touched on in the comments and there's some cool there were some interesting comments that were made and I would like to give credit to those folks in the comment section because you know what sometimes we appreciate the fans we appreciate the fan base we appreciate what they have to say sometimes so you know what I'm gonna give some of you your your fame your kudos if you will um Doc Rivers is owed 24 million dollars and after that, I'm just like, okay, so are we going to pay Doc and Quinn Snyder and whoever else is on left on staff? Like if they fire, if they just get rid of the whole bench, if they get rid of Dave Yeager, if they get rid of Sam Cassell. And, you know, Sam Cassell is who I would choose if you're going to deep six Doc, just like keep the rest of the team together and just like elevate Sam Cassell to the head coaching position. That would be my move. I still don't know if I would do it just because, again, you don't want to, you're you throwing $24 million away. That being said, let, uh, Embiid in the post uh, posted this. Like, we've fallen over big-name coaches in free agency, yet here we sit with two former assistant coaches, one in his first finals, Ime Udoka and Monty Williams, who last year went to the finals. I, I don't know if the franchise is a disaster, as he put it. Like, I just think that they've just had bad luck in hiring the wrong person. I think Brett Brown had run his course, but at that point in time, the first coach after Brett Brown, I don't... Looking back, hindsight 2020, Doc Rivers was definitely most more likely not the choice. Right in that in that particular time frame, I probably would have went with D'Antoni just to see what he could do with Ben Simmons in that offense. 
But now it's like, okay, so now we're just going to fire Doc Rivers after two years, after having Brett Brown for five years, six years, and now we're just gonna we're gonna have our third coach in seven, eight years now, almost a decade. I think it's kind of a counter as far as what top spin dude commented unless there's a clear-cut coach upgrade don't do it with fire dog two reasons keeping the coach creates the optic of stability eh, I, is is that really something that really needs to be considered i mean i get it and he also commented that uh nba players gravitate to doc like you know niang seth drummond I think Daryl Morey can still find guys like that, regardless of who the coach is. Maybe it helps if it's Doc, but at the same time, if you have an all-star in Joel Embiid and a very good player in James Harden and a rising star in Tyrese Maxey, I think that is going to draw more people to your team versus the head coach. Some players, like the real older, older players, probably want to gravitate towards the older coach. Fine, I get that. But talent wins out in this league, and I think if you have the talent, you can definitely generate some buzz around your team, and that's where you get all those guys in the margins, and that's that's what's fantastic. I did also want to give a little shout to Zago, uh, spelled X-S-A-G-O, and I, I like this point, and he's coming at it from the pure X's and O's. The Sixers have a better chance of creating a better version of the Jazz system. A system built around a a dominant defensive big in Gobert. And he parallels that with Embiid. Not only is he as dominant defensively, but he's definitely more capable offensively. He can do a lot more than Gobert does offensively, which is kind of why that Jazz system stagnated. Because there's only so much you can do offensively with Rudy Gobert. The two interchangeable guards, there's Donovan Mitchell, Mike Conley versus James Harden, Tyrese Maxey. Totally agree there. I think that the Jazz system is tailor-made for Harden, Maxey. I think so. I, I think it would all depend on if James Harden is willing to work within the system. And we'll just have to see because Harden's always been kind of a an ISO ball playmaker kind of a, kind of a person. I don't. I I like Mike Conley in the Jazz system. I just don't know if Harden is that guy that can also imitate that those uh, playmaking abilities in a Jazz system when it's crunch time. And he's like, okay, I got it. I got to do this. I got to get my thing. I got to get things going. Maybe again, having Joel Embiid helps that. Uh, big wings and forwards that can shoot, move the ball, and defend. He references Bogdanovich, O'Neal, and Ingles. And Harris and Green replacement and question mark. I think this is where it hurts in the Jazz system. Because the Sixers don't really have that. So you have Furkan who can shoot... And move the ball a little bit, but not necessarily defend. Thibel can definitely defend, but he can't shoot or move the ball. And we have Niang, who can shoot, can't really move the ball, can't really defend either. So there's there's a little bit to be desired with a Jazz system with the roster as constructed. I think that if 
the Sixers are going to fire Doc and bring in Quinn Snyder, which, again, not necessarily my choice, but I guess I could see where the thought process will be coming from. I just, that's going to take a lot of work between Quinn and Daryl kind of identifying what kind of players that they need to make it work from both the starting five and the bench situation. We will just have to see what happens. If I had to pick right now what happens, I still think that Doc is going to be back next season. Much to everybody's chagrin and disappointment. It's just something we're going to have to live with for another year. And just hopefully, hopefully, we get some return of James Harden where full training camp. He's all healed from the hamstring. Who knows how much that was really bothering him. We'll just have to find out and see. But it is, it is what it is, and just it's that limbo, it's that limbonic. I don't even know if limbonic is a word, but I'm just gonna coin it right now. It's that limbonic off system, uh, off season once again that we've just so grown so accustomed to. We we just love it around here. But uh, well, that's what's going on in the coaching roundup. I'm uh, gonna take a quick break. Satisfy the admin, satisfy the sponsors, come back, and uh, some news from The Athletic regarding possibly another sports franchise in Philadelphia, which would be awesome if you ask me, but we'll get into that right back after these words. It's the Out of Set Podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network, and we'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, this news I was incredibly excited for. I was incredibly, extremely excited for, and I'm going to tell you why. Our own Harrison Grimm wrote this June 2nd, and The Athletic dropped the news that Philadelphia is one of six markets in consideration for a WNBA expansion team. That's right. And I am quoting The Athletic and Harrison's piece. Commissioner Kathy Engelbert told The Athletic she hopes to identify one or two cities for an expansion franchise by the start of the WNBA playoffs in September or by year's end at the latest. The new teams would begin as early as the 2024 season. And it would be the first time the league has added an expansion team since the Atlanta Dream in 2008. There is an 18-24 month timeline for from the identification of the new team to its inaugural season. And she said the timeline would be determined by whether, by quote, whether the city has the arena and get those contracts done and get season ticket holders sold and corporate sponsors. Now, the report from The Athletic mentions six potential markets. O- Philly, Oakland, Portland, San Francisco, Toronto, Nashville. Let's see if we can't you know, cross some of these off, right? I feel like Oakland and San Francisco, I feel like they, and this is no disrespect to any of those fan bases when I say why and why not you should have a WNBA team. If you can finance one, if you get the sponsors and you get the fan base, sure. But 
Oakland, San Francisco, you guys have the Warriors. Like you guys, you guys should be happy enough. You guys are fine. There's nothing wrong with the Warriors. Toronto, that would be fun, just because if Toronto gets a WNBA team and Philly doesn't, it's just another reason for us to hate the city of Toronto. Like that would be fun for that would be fun for me personally. Nashville, um. Here's the thing about Nashville. Nashville is in Tennessee, and that's right there with Kentucky. So you have the Lady Volunteers that are still very good. And you have all of Kentucky basketball. That includes Louisville. That includes the University of Kentucky. I feel like that there is enough there. Don't get me wrong. Philly has a lot, too. We have the the four big ones. Plus, you know, the Union are really good. And the Philadelphia Wings, uh, their popularity has grown back a little bit. And I want to use the Union as a example of why a WNBA team would work. When the Union first started, there was a rabid fan base already for Philadelphia Union soccer. Like, people in this town wanted an MLS team. And by and large, they accepted them, they supported them, and... Even when they were like the worst team in the league, they would still pack the stadium in Chester. And I feel like the same thing would happen to the Philadelphia WNBA team. And that being the case, like that's just that's just a gold mine. You know, you're talking about who has the arena. They can just play right there at the Wells Fargo Center, or if you want to give it, you know, a historical like cool real feel to it I would say like have them play at the palestra like that would be amazing the palestra the live course center would be nice so that you know like people there's um there's traffic up into North Philly because say what you want about like that area but the live course center is actually really really nice I've been there for a bunch of Temple Owls games I've been there for special events my nephew was at Sesame Street Live maybe like a month ago or a month or two ago live course center is really nice and I think that would be a nice spot for WNBA basketball as well and then like the Wells Fargo Center for the real like special games kind of like what Villanova does you know when Villanova has those big big East games they play down at the Wells Fargo Center there's also that cachet, and they point this out in the article as well. There are sources that say that Wanda Sykes, who lives in Pennsylvania part-time, is part of a group with an interest bringing an expansion team to Philadelphia. Of course, Sykes can't be reached for comment for something like that, but there's also the connection with South Carolina basketball coach Dawn Staley. If Sykes is part of a group to buy or like be on a group for a WNBA expansion team, and part of the deal includes Dawn Staley as like an owner, a part owner slash head coach, or just a head coach. I think it'd be really, really hard to turn Philadelphia away from for for that reason alone. Um, Harrison Sports Blitzer, Harrison Blitzer Sports Entertainment were also mentioned in this report, but um, I'm not gonna lie, I don't know if I really want those guys around the WNBA franchise when we've seen what they've done with the Sixers the last decade or so. And it also they also said that while the Sixers play in the Wells Fargo Center, they don't own it and have and have a lease that runs through 2031. So even if the 76ers owners group were to get involved, they do not control dates at the building, which is kind of a problem. 
Uh, Philadelphia is the fourth largest media market in the country, and it's the biggest remaining market that does not have a WNBA team, so that is also a feather in the cap for us. Like, hey, we are number four in the country in terms of the media market. We have Comcast, we have Regional Sports Network, but we don't have a WNBA team. We think we can make it work. I think that the city of Philadelphia could certainly make it work. We just have to see if we get that chance. I hope we get that chance. I have been pounding the sandbox for a WNBA team for the better part of like four years now. I love going up to New York and checking out Liberty Games. I like going down to D.C. and checking out Mystics Games. It's just a fantastic atmosphere and I love it so much. And, you know, sometimes, and listen, this may sound woke or something like that, but like, you know what? There are there are female hoopers too, and like these female hoopers in Philadelphia, some of them are actually really really talented. If you go to Temple or Villanova games or St. Joe's or just like even the high school games, even the high school games are mad competitive. And it would be nice for some of these female hoopers to be out there and just see professional basketball players in the WNBA that they don't have to travel miles and miles and hours away to go see they're right here they're in town and they're accessible so screw it let's just do it for them you know what i mean and just you know the city as a whole because i think a WNBA franchise like the union would take off very fast in this town and be very popular but we'll see what happens in the meantime always check out liberty ballers on the site Check out the Liberty Ballers Podcast Network that this podcast is a part of. We have a whole bunch of NBA draft stuff coming up in the coming weeks. NBA Finals coverage. It is 1-1 right now. And uh, this is after Golden State just blew Boston's doors off after giving up a double-digit lead in Game 1. They were convinced to not let that happen again. So that's that's nice to see Boston getting uh, a little... Getting, getting a little taste of defeat a little bit. That, that's nice. It's always like to see that happen to Boston. But until then, uh, go Sixers. Trust the process. I will be back next week with another episode of the Out of Sight Podcast. But until then, we'll just have to see how that coaching carousel shakes out. And yes, 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 for the love of God, can a WNBA team come to Philadelphia? That would be amazing. I will buy season tickets the day that it is announced that we get a WNBA franchise. You can put that on the board. You can quote me. You can tweet me. That is fine. Talk to you soon. Go Sixers. Enjoy the NBA. Enjoy the NBA Finals. And continue to enjoy this offseason because it's going to be long. It's going to be arduous. But you know what? It's always fun in Sixers land. Talk to you later, folks. (laughs) 